All right, it's time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Morning, Keith. Good morning. Start with the breaking news here on the, is it a childhood vaccine approved? Yeah, Health Canada approving uh, the uh, small dose, I think it's about a quarter dose, of the Moderna vaccine for uh, kids aged six months and older, uh, which is going to be good news for for many parents. Although I know, I just checked the stats, of the 5 to 11 category, we're still struggling to get those numbers up. We're only about... um, I think 58% first dose and less than 50% second dose. And that's probably going to be reflective in the in the six-month to five-year-old category Is that well. like uh, because well, there's a significant number of parents are nervous about giving their kids this vaccine? I mean, yeah, what's the explanation? I guess, I've, I've not heard – I don't think there's an official explanation. I think it probably varies from household to household. Yeah. Um, but it is interesting. 58% first dose. Kids age 12 and older, the 12 to 19-year-old, I think it's they're approaching 90% first dose uh, and second dose. So it's really – it's the parents of younger children – that are seem to be vaccine uh, hesitant here, and I, I expect that to be reflected in the new age group that's go- now going to be eligible. When for will vaccines. that When will that vaccine be available? Not entirely sure. I think it's up to the provinces to administer the vaccine. I just checked as of last week. We had about two hundred thousand, two hundred thirty thousand Moderna doses, and we're we've also got Pfizer and others. But Moderna is the one approved for for young kids, and uh, we've been. Uh, administering about 40,000 doses a week uh, because m- many people now uh, are tr- getting their third dose, uh, older people. So there's still a lot of COVID around? Oh, yeah. Right now? So the numbers will be out today, the, the weekly numbers. Unfortunately, public health doesn't report every day like they used to. But uh, COVID is rising around the world because the BA5 variant is much more transmissible. It doesn't mean people are getting severely sick. Although I've got a family member, you know, young 30s, triple vaxxed, uh, suddenly got hit with COVID and was quite sick for like five days, bedridden. Yeah. So uh, different people uh, experience different reactions to this. I virus. know. I know a young guy, uh, a friend of my a friend of my son's in his twenties, and you know he was triple vaxxed, got COVID real bad, mm-hmm. and has long COVID symptoms. Like he says, he's has trouble. He, he gets shortness of breath. Yep. This is like a young, fit guy. It can happen. So, you it know, can happen. Um, it's uh, it, primarily statistically. Older people over 70, over 80 are more susceptible to more severe forms of illness, but that does not mean a 20-year-old is immune to this or a 30-year-old. You and I both have personal experiences of younger people getting walloped by this thing, even though they're triple-vaxxed. Let me ask you about John Horgan. Really interesting interview yesterday Mm -hmm. with Richard Zussman at Global News, and he was asked about inflation. He was asked about the the giant hike in interest rates from the Bank of Canada yesterday. Help on the way, Horgan suggesting. Here's what he had to say to Global News yesterday. During COVID, we got money to people fast. I think we can do that again, but it's an enormous task to stand up these programs out of the blue because there's no inflation program in anybody's budget. So it takes time to work these things through. Okay, what's your read of that? Well, I'm still waiting for my ICBC rebate. It was supposed <laughs> to come back in May. So I guess it is take, takes time to get these rebates. I mean, the federal, we saw early on in the COVID, the federal government is in a much better situation in terms of do- sending checks out in a more... Uh, quick fashion, because that's what federal governments do for the most part. They've got a whole infrastructure system set up for that. Uh, provinces less so, but it is proving to be taking more time than one would think to get rebate checks out. So when we're waiting, this we're two months late on the ICBC rebate, at least for me. Yeah. Um, I assume the same thing's going to happen. Whatever right. Mr. Horgan's talking about, I have no idea what we're talking about in terms of a dollar amount. Yeah, Could be $100, could be $200, who knows. He did suggest that maybe there would be an increase in this carbon action tax credit. tax credit that's an existing program of government and this is something the liberals had called on the government to do many months ago he, he did specifically reference that yesterday 
And I spoke to Peter Millibar, liberal MLA, earlier on the show. I know you heard that saying, mm-hmm. like, you know, what do you mean it takes a, it takes time to put this money out the door? I mean, you've just simply got to adjust the levels on this existing program and just increase the payments. Yeah, and I heard you and Peter talk about that. I would think he could do this through regulation, too. I don't think yeah. he would need a legislative amendment. So yeah. um, I think it could be done quicker than what a lot of people are, uh, or at least what government seems to be indicating. But I guess if we get a rebate check over the summer, great. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. You know, Trudeau yesterday was suggesting there could be federal, more federal help too, but didn't, yeah, he was didn't very it, fuzzy. He was a bit fuzzy. You know, it's, it's as usual with Trudeau, it's kind of ambiguous, some of this, yeah. a lot of the stuff he says. But isn't this part of the problem is this excessive government spending that ex- has accelerated accelerates inflation? inflation? That's one of the arguments. Too much government spending um, accelerates the inf- uh, inflation rate. I mean, we're inflation, I think now south of the border has hit 10%. Uh, although I note up here, fuel prices are dropping. You know, it costs less to fill up your car now than it did a couple of weeks ago, which is great. But food prices continue to go up and the supply chain issues continue uh, to dog the situation as well. Okay, get set to call me on that and tell me if you think the government should be giving up more money to people who are struggling through this record high inflation. David Eby, the attorney general, uh, seems to be... Uh a lock to become the NDP leader here. No. Uh, and the next premier, he was on this morning with Simi Sarah. Simi asked him about the NDP leadership. Here's what he had to say. Yeah, I've received a lot of good feedback from uh, from colleagues, friends, and family. I understand the party is going to be uh, announcing uh, the rules of the leadership contest uh, potentially as soon as this weekend and early next week. So once those rules are out, I'm sure I'll have more to say, Simi, and, and hopefully I can come back. Okay, maybe next week he's going to announce. Well, you know, uh, our understanding that once you announce your candidacy, you have to leave cabinet, and someone oh. else will be a caretaker attorney general oh. if David Eby does that. So maybe he's um, waiting a bit until he makes that decision. Uh, names continue to circulate. Uh, I think there's a real pressure on the NDP from within to make a race out of right. this, not yeah. just to have a coronation. Right. And to have a diverse race. Um, so names like Selena Robinson, the finance minister, has been bandied about. Jennifer Whiteside, the education minister. Josie Osborne, the water uh, land resource um, minister's names have been kicked around. No confirmation. Selena Robinson yesterday saying she's, you know, making no decision yet. Well, she didn't rule it out. Didn't no. rule it okay. out, um, but didn't rule it in either. So yeah. I, it, one of the things I think people are waiting to see is what's the registration fee? What, what's the candidacy fee? Last time it was $25,000. Uh, it's tougher to fundraise right now that you, you, you're you capped at what you can contribute to a candidate. So uh, I think it's going to be tougher for candidates to raise that $25,000. And then you raise it with the expectation you're just flushing it down the toilet because EB has such a strong hand here. I'm told he's going to have, when all is said and done, the endorsations of at least 30 caucus members. Now, that doesn't mean everything. Keep in mind, Christy Clark won the leadership of the BC Liberals with the backing of one. One, yes. <laughs> the, notor- the immortal Harry Bloy was the sole MLA to back her, and she won easily. Yeah, he sure made the right bet in that con- in that race, for well, sure. Well, he's rewarded with a cabinet post, which she didn't prove to be successful at. <laughs> yeah. Um, I-, I think you're right, though, that the party brass, even though I think a lot of them want EB as the leader and support him, would prefer to see some kind of contest. I mean, the job here, the prize here, is you become the Premier of British mm-hmm. Columbia. Are you telling me nobody else wants this job except this so guy? three NDP leaders have been acclaimed as leader, uh, yeah. but not as Premier. So Dave Barrett was acclaimed. 
Um, then uh, Mike Harcourt was acclaimed and John Horgan was acclaimed, but all as opposition leaders. None of them acclaimed as premier. So yeah. this would be a historic first as far as I can tell. Right. I if, think it, the, if it turns into a coronation. Yeah. And I think for that reason, I think the party would want someone else to run. Which makes me they think know they can't win. Perhaps drop the registration fee below 25000 Okay. P- p- make that uh, less of a barrier for attracting candidates. If it's only $5,000, I mean, that's easily done. Um, but again, I, I don't also run the risk. You don't want to be humiliated with a crushing loss in a leadership race, but I don't necessarily think that would, would happen. I think, I don't think Evie's necessarily as strong as people think, even though I think he obviously has to be considered the front. Runner. See, there's like, there are reasons the party would want a contest like that. You know, you get the media attention, Publicity. you sell a bunch of memberships to yeah. the party. So it, it would be a good thing to increase the profile of whoever runs against the guy and loses. But, you know, for that reason, I think as well, I, I've heard rumors, and I know you have too, that maybe the party would extend the time period yep. for this thing to unfold, and maybe it won't be until December. December, because there's also that, previously we had that 90-day cutoff for yeah. signups. Right, um, So right. the clock's ticking here. And you're right, I've heard the same rumor, that maybe they extend the, the window. Okay, we're going to get some answers on that here in the, in the days ahead. We have followed the saga of Bojo, Boris Johnson, one of our favorite mm-hmm. topics. <laughs> What's going on with the UK Prime Minister? Have a listen to this. This is the UK House of Commons yesterday in an absolute uproar. Some of the MPs going after Boris Johnson, and uh, a couple of MPs got... Oh, okay, we don't have that. Oh, too bad. We'll Maybe try, later. We'll try and get it. It was a clip of the UK speaker kind of lo- I wonder, losing I, it. Open question whether John, I mean, John says he's stepping down, but he's going to stay on until a successor is, is chosen. Okay, we do have it. So this okay. is the speaker of the uh, parliament in the United Kingdom, Lindsay Hoyle. Have a listen to this. Order! Order! I say to the honourable gentleman, I will not tolerate such behaviour. If you want to go out, go out now. But if you stand again, I'll lord you out. Make your mind up. Either shut up and get out. <laughs> I think you should play a clip from him every single show. <laughs> he says, either shut up or get out. Yeah, yeah. He ended up throwing a couple of them out. Yeah, no, it's uh, like I say, it's it's going to get raucous there. It already has been because there's a lot of conservatives want um, Boris Johnson gone now. It's interesting, though. At least 11 candidates have, st- have declared their candidacy. Uh, yeah. And it's a very diverse crowd. All right, as Baldry's beat, phone lines are open, 604-280-9898, star 9898 on your cell. Steve in, Pentic- uh, in Penticton. Hi, Steve, go ahead. Hey, Mike, thanks for having me on. You know, I think government intervention has kind of got us to where we are. Um, uh, you know, I've been a couple of restaurants, and they're all complaining. I mean, an appetizer's 20 bucks. So, you know, if you let market conditions rule um you know how to distract people one of them is pricing price your product correctly holy smoke sounds like there's a street race going on (laughs) thank you for the call though i think i get your point yeah well governments have spent enormous amounts of money in new ways since this pandemic began both at federal and provincial although i note the provincial uh public accounts for the last fiscal year should be coming out at the end of this month there's every possibility BC's budget could be in surplus. People forget wow. that, that it signed off at a less than a half billion dollar deficit, but there's a one billion dollar forecast allowance in that thing, and I've seen no sign that that's been applied to anything. So, uh, but in terms of federal government, yeah, uh, the CERB was a huge expenditure of money. And in terms of restaurants, the real thing that's hitting restaurants right now is a staff shortage. A lot of people just aren't working um, yeah. or or declining to work, and it's uh, I think there's a million job vacancies in Canada. Many of them are in restaurants. 
Rick in Delta. Hi, Rick. Go ahead. Hi. I, I kind of uh, I considered voting conservative next time around, but I listened to Mr. Pauliet and I listened to the supporters, and I'm waiting to hear "Drain the Swamp, Drain the Swamp," <laughs> and uh, I think one Trump in North America is enough. <laughs> Okay, thank you for that. Well, that's that's Poliev's weak spot is this aligning himself with the extremists and, and, and weird things like cryptocurrency, which people aren't talking about around the cooler, I think. And we'll talk more about this tomorrow. I think if Poliev pivots a bit and becomes like an anti-tax crusader or yeah. an anti-government regulation type guy, that's a more traditional form of grassroots conservatism, and that can appeal to people. I think he's clever enough to realize that if he wins the job or when he wins the job, if he pivots to the center with some sort of, like you said, some sort of um, economic populism, tax cuts, that that's the way to beat Trudeau. You need you need to move to the middle. Uh, to the middle. No, he wants. He needs to be center right. I mean, he's yeah, not he's not right. a left wing or liberal. He's a conservative. So be conservative. But he's right now resisting because uh, right now he sees the path to victory through a completely different path in the red Tory way. Yeah, uh, Rob in Chilliwack. Hi, Rob. Go ahead. Good morning, guys. Hey, I was just going to say, uh, you know, if the NDP decides they're going to anoint David Eby, uh, my my thought is, you know what. They can do that, but I don't think he's going to win the election. I think they need a race, and I'll just throw a name out there. I think Rob Fleming would probably be a decent choice. Not that I'd ever mm-hmm. vote NDP again in my life. I think I told you that before. My, mm-hmm. my, my great-uncle Woodrow Roy would be rolling over in his grave hearing me say that, but I don't like their policies anymore. But uh, I think they need a race. Thank you, yep. guys. Thanks for the call. Yeah, thanks, Rob. Uh, yeah, I've heard Rob Fleming's name bandied about as well, uh, so don't discount that possibility. But, uh, yeah, a race creates a bit of a buzz, a bit of excitement. An acclamation is, uh, I mean, there was no excitement when John Horgan became NDP leader. It was very anticlimactic, but it ended up working out for him at the end. James in White Rock. Hi, James. Hi, thanks for taking my call, guys. Sure. So, Keith, next time you're talking to the premier, he, you, can, you can let him know that he could help out everybody with the inflationary situation by giving the $400 renter rebate to them that he promised to them seven years ago. Mm. He's, he's flapping his gums. Like, the stuff that he promises, you don't get. And if you get it, it takes, like, months and months or years and years or what mm. have you to get it. If he gives that $400 renter rebate to 55% of the population in his province that he got elected on the first time through, and he kept his word, maybe people would start to trust him a little bit again. Thanks. Yeah, the old $400 renter rebate, (laughs) which I think is a promise too far for the NDP government. The last time we checked on that, I think Carol James said they were still working on it, and she was fine. I think that's the the official line on that is that they're they're still working on it. It's coming. Okay. It's only been seven years. I never did think they'd implement that thing. I just Uh, uh, thought it was too unwieldy and too expensive, but we'll see. Breton in Pitt Meadows. Hi, Breton. You got uh, 30 seconds here, okay? Yeah, still waiting on that $10 day daycare. If uh, David Eby is a leader, they lose my vote. I'll scrape the Green Party off the ground if I have to. But politicians need to start passing tests to uh, demonstrate they know enough about economics. Because Pierre Paleo's his uh, pay-as-you-go program means frozen budgets, even though populations naturally grow. If they have to cut something to get an extra dollar, that means frozen budgets. And it's completely idiotic. He doesn't know what he's talking about. And thanks for the call. 20 well, seconds. Double-barreled blast there at Evie yeah. and Poliev. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I mean, I think Poliev's going to come under increased scrutiny as he goes through this race when people really start paying attention. Evie is no John Horgan. I mean, he has his work cut out for him to reestablish himself as a more popular figure than, again, when he was in opposition or when he was working for Pivot Legal Society or active in civil liberties.